Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right. What's up, John? This is uh, episode up, 142. Yes, and uh, and we're actually in, in different locations tonight. Again, I wonder if people would be able to tell. Do you think they'd be able to tell? Uh, so maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I, I could you tell? I, well, I guess we gave it away super early. So yeah, yeah. It's not we should like, wait uh, to the very end and, and then been, been should. like, hey, could you tell? Mm, we should We should totally do that. Yeah. Next time, Chris. Next time. Um, but the reason being, I last week, right before the podcast, um, or right before, right before, like the two days prior to the podcast, up until two days prior to the podcast last week, I was sick, and then I guess I gave it to you. Yeah, I'm pretty. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, pretty upset about that, John. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past you if you egged my house just because you just don't. You're just like, man, you got me sick. You know, that's uh, that's actually a really good idea. Um, but. I'll I'm kind of holding out hope, though, that, that you're too sick to actually <laughs> egg my house. Like, you're like, nah, I'm uh, too sick to hold a grudge. To to, uh, to get vengeance upon my body <laughs> or upon your body. No, upon well, your house. It would, have to be, it would have to be upon, like, my person or my, yes. my property somehow. Your per- you know? I like saying that, upon your person. Upon my person, yeah. Just you, you, have, to, uh, you have to find a way uh-huh. to, to get your pound of flesh. Yes. Um... <laughs> I definitely want a pound of flesh. I don't even know what we're talking about right now. I, I don't either, Chris. It sounds terrible and, and, uh, and horrifying, which is actually um, the main topic this week. We're actually going to be talking about uh, Cloverfield and the 10 Cloverfield Lane trailer that dropped in some theories and talking about the original Cloverfield and, uh, and discussing, Chris. This is true. It's, uh, it's going to be a wild ride. So what, um, what have you been up to this week, John? Man, so there's been a, a couple of things, and one of them is actually my pick of the week, so I won't I won't give that one away. Um, but uh, but I uh, so I finally finished. Was it was this week? I finally beat the final boss of the Shantae and the Pirates because you asked me last time how long it had taken me to complete this game, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I was trying to wrap it up at very close to the sickness because uh, I I started it and like played through the majority of the game like. 10 hours of the game while I was sick, you know, laying in bed or whatever, and uh, just playing on my DS, uh, my 3DS, and was just playing there. And so I got super close, and I got to the last boss, and then last week on the podcast, after it was over, I was like, I better finish this thing in like two days, because otherwise it'll be one of those games that you're just, you're sick playing, and you never want to revisit, because you don't want to remember the feeling of being sick. That's true. I've I've never gone back and and replayed or I finished um, uh, what is that game Dust and Elysian Tale because of that. <laughs> That's a great game, Chris. I know. It's a great game. I, I, well, it was it was it's it's over now. I'm never. Yeah, I mean, again. no, there's no way. There's there's no way. Once the <laughs> sickness passes, the games that you start in those uh, while you're sick, it just it, so before the sickness had completely passed, I I went in and I beat the boss level of Shantae and the Pirates because very cool game, very fun game. It was uh, it was good. There's only one twist at the end where I was kind of like, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but it actually ended up being awesome um, because it it forced you to think about it in a different way. So um, whenever you end up finishing the game, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody, but whenever you end up finishing that game, uh, Chris. Uh, I, I would love to, to chat with you a little bit about that final uh, final boss battle. What if I never finish that game, John? 
Um, then we can talk about it, but I feel like you're probably going to finish it. Okay. I feel like you'll want to. We're talking, we're talking a, about Dust on world. Legion Tale, right? No, no, no we're talking about uh, Shantae and the Pirates oh, Shantae Curse, and the, the Pirates one Curse. that I played. How did I just completely like like blow past that? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I mentioned it earlier. Then we started talking about sick games and how that was my sick game. And uh, Shantae and the Pirates Curse was my sick game. Ah. And then uh, and then so somewhere along the way, we uh, you were talking about Dust and Legion Tale. I was talking about Shantae and the Pirates Curse. <laughs> They're both awesome games. Well, we've got it but yeah, no, Shantae, now. there's uh, there's definitely a, a cool moment at the end. But like at first, whenever it first happened, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. But then um, once it all like once I started actually playing it, I was like, oh no, this is fun. This is this is good. Nice. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I okay. So Chris, this yes. is something that I've uh, I, I I mentioned to you a couple days ago that the 100 is back. Uh, on the CW. That's so true. if anybody hasn't watched The 100, uh, I would encourage you, if you like kind of sci-fi, futuristic, but also uh, but like post-apocalyptic things, then watch The 100. You'll, you'll quite enjoy it. It's got like undertones of like Battlestar Galactica kind of stuff. Nice. It's got the feeling of kind of some lost stuff. In um, season season two, it kind of digs into... Uh, some some other craziness like it gets really crazy uh as it goes on so i'm excited i watched the first the the season opener which opened and it was actually uh so this is season three and it opened up and it was tonally a little bit different um for the first about 15 minutes but it was really fun and then it kind of dug in a little bit later on in the episode and got back into uh the the gritty kind of vibe that you get from the show so anyway that's cool I'll have to check that yeah. out. You encouraged me to check that out the other day, and uh, and I just haven't done it yet. I've been I've been watching through uh, through Friends. I'm in, in the fourth season of Friends right now. Nice. And uh, I've never watched all, them all sequentially before. I've watched them like here and there on reruns, and right. uh, and so like it never really really made sense. Um, yeah, I like, mean, in terms of the timeline. I, I'm the same way. So you're liking it then? So I you're love liking it. Yeah, it's great. liking going through. Oh yeah, that's it's great. Fantastic. Um, well, beyond that. Uh, we played uh, some uh, some just um, oh we started the single player of uh, oh, that's right. Call of Duty Black Ops Three. We started yeah. going through that with a couple of friends, playing the realistic mode, which is really cool. It's really different from um, from other Call of Duty experiences. Number one, you're playing it with friends. Number two, uh, the realistic mode is like one shot kill, like you're dead, and uh, <laughs> so like not like a one shot kill where you put one bullet into them and they die, but it's they put one bullet into you and you die. Right. Well, and this is the thing. So like. Uh, what's, what's really interesting is that, um, so I feel like the, like I usually play on a veteran and right. it's literally just like a wall of just bullets all the time. And they're pretty accurate, but it's just kind of like, yeah. you know, you get hit a couple times and you like, you can make it if you, if you get hit like maybe two, three times, um, yeah. probably. Yeah. And so anyway, but this is just like it's different. Like whereas the the bad guys are the AI, they're way more accurate. Um, but yeah. but it's not just like they're firing all the time. Like it gives you a chance to fight them. So it's 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 kind of cool. Like I like it. It's a different change of pace. Like it's not as um, whenever you have all four of you, you can revive each other. So it's not as brutally hard whenever you go down right. or something like that. There were a couple of spots whenever we would all just wipe all the time. But um, yeah. I, I'm honestly enjoying this um, more than I've enjoyed a Call of Duty campaign probably since Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, and you know what's funny about it? Like, even whenever there was one spot specifically, I think it was the it was either the first the end of the first level, or it was at some point uh, some big large thing was happening. 
Um, and we were just kept getting getting pins down and kept getting eliminated, and it just wasn't working out very well. Um, yeah. And so, it w- but our strategy had up until that point been to kind of like, oh, move, and then at that that exact moment, the, your AI guy who's leading you kind of around your your uh, your leader who's leading you through the level yells. Everybody hurry up, get to the drop ship, hurry, hurry, hurry. And so our thought was we just have to sprint to the ship. But what we ended up having to do in this uh, in this part was just kind of hunker down for, for a minute and uh, take out a lot of the vehicles, a lot of the, the, the gunfire that's going around. And then, you know, you make a break for it whenever there's a, a gap in the fire. So, yeah. I mean, it was it forces us, or at least to this point, Rather than like veteran, a lot of times it was just it would be constantly kind of spawning enemies and like you said, walls of bullets where you would try at some points to just sprint to the next checkpoint just to get through something. Um, whereas this game, it, it kind of has forced us to uh, to slow down and really take things tactically and to work together, communication, make sure you're reviving people who go down, that sort of thing. So it, it was it's a really like you said, it's a really unique, fun experience. Yeah. So. We have a pick of the week. We do. A pick of the week. Pick of the week. All right, my pick of the week is the Division Beta. Now, it's almost too late for you <laughs> if you haven't um, gotten a hand of the, uh, gotten in on this. So. And I don't know how, if you've been interested in the, the Division, it's been everywhere. So The Division is a game from Ubisoft. It's Tom Clancy's The Division. We first saw the first trailer back in, I guess it was 2013. Yeah. Um, no, wait. Would it have been 13 or 14? I think it was 2013, Chris. So, and uh, and it's like, okay, this is the big next-gen game. Yeah, I think it was originally supposed to come out like soon after the launch of the new consoles. It didn't. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's finally, it's coming out um, later this spring. Let me get an exact date for you. Uh, but the, the, uh, the beta... Is it late February? I'm pretty sure it's late February. No, I th- nope. Um, let's see here. Division release date. March 8th. 2016. Nice. Um, but the uh, the beta right now is uh, is running on consoles. Uh, it's available today. We're recording this on Thursday for uh, Xbox One, but by the time this goes up, it'll be available for Xbox One and PS4. If you pre-order the game and then uh, register your code on the Ubisoft website and like link your account with Uplay or whatever like that, you'll get the uh, the code for the Division beta and uh, be able to jump in that. I haven't jumped in it yet. I'm jumping in it tonight. I think I'm going to try to stream a little bit of it. No one will probably yeah. watch, but that's okay. And uh, and I'm super excited. Like this was kind of like you know pitched as like the big next gen. Like this is what next gen is kind of thing. Um, and right. uh, I mean beyond things like um, like Watch Dogs and stuff like that. You know, like this was kind of like okay, this is what I define as next gen. You know, so like. Uh, it seemed like it had RPG elements. It seemed like it had um, uh, MMO kind of um, components to it. Kind of like Destiny, only third person and um, not space. And uh, you know, it looks it looks really cool. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to try it out and see if I w- mm-hmm. I want to you know spend my the next year in this game. 
Dude, and so the, the, one of the cool things about this this one, they they talked about how they're not going to have any other really neighborhoods at, at least in you know at first in the in this base version of the game they're not going to have other neighborhoods, but they've basically made a one to one scale recreation of Manhattan in New York, right. and so I, just that idea intrigues me of like man that's that is, that's a relatively huge place so. Uh, just the idea of exploring that in this uh, this post-apocalyptic kind of uh, universe sounds awesome, dude. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and yeah, this is one that we've been anticipating for a while. I think back whenever it was originally re- like announced and they had the uh, the initial cinematic trailer, um, it was one of the ones that, that stuck out to me that year, um, and we talked about it probably on our E3 show that year. And then every consecutive year, it's been kind of like, oh, my gosh, I wish this game was out. Oh, my gosh, I wish this <laughs> game was out. And up until... Um, I guess the 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 positive response to the alpha and and now you know some early reports of the beta being really cool. I've kind of been skeptical because it's like if if it was supposed to be out within the first year of the new consoles and then it just got delayed and I feel like it got delayed at least twice. Yeah. Um and so it just it, it was cause for concern, I guess, but I'm kind of going into the uh the beta you know, cautiously optimistic where it's like, okay, uh, this is a game that I, I, you know, I am excited to try. I'm very pumped about, but I'm, I'm definitely looking at it from a, like you said of like, Hey, do I, do I want to spend the next, you know, however many hours of gaming and, and, uh, playing online with friends and things in this game? Is this something that I want to basically invest money into and then invest time into, you know, and that sort of thing. So, um, I'm definitely going in with that. And so I'm, I'm so happy about that. There is a beta. Um, I'm happy that, uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to dive in tonight, Chris, tonight, you and I take on the streets of Manhattan tonight. Uh, That's the thing. Like uh, the thing I do like about, about Ubisoft is that they're not afraid to delay games to make sure that they, uh, they come, they live, they release, um, in a good state. You know, like I think the, they've, they learned a lesson with, Assassin's Creed Unity, they didn't do that mm. um, just because it's Assassin's Creed, it's a big fall game, um, and there were a lot of problems with it. There were a lot of like you know just like weird um, AI disfigurement <laughs> in terms of yeah, the... melting faces. Yeah. I think was the uh, the biggest one. Yeah, and so um, yeah, like they uh, they've been uh, they've been pretty good about um, putting out or delaying games whenever they need to be delayed, and and you know I'm I'm okay with that. You know it's it's the whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, who said it was it? Uh, was someone from? I think Nint- it might have been might have been Miyamoto or somebody. Yeah, someone from Nintendo was just like you know a a, a delayed game is a di- disappointment for a time, but a bad game is a disappointment forever or something like that. Right, and it's just like that's very true. I'd rather than delay a game and I wait a little bit longer, be a little more patient than uh, put out a bad game that just sucks and uh, no one wants that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, and and that's the thing, you know. I'm, that's why I'm excited about this one. It's, it's. Uh, I think that it always comes down to me, whenever you know about a property or know about something that you're very excited about two or three years uh, in advance. It just kind of you just kind of get to the point where you're like, I I don't know if I want to know anything else. I just want to 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 like experience it. Yeah. Um. And so that's kind of like where I was at about. I don't know, six, seven months ago with this game where I was just like, man, I don't even, I don't even care about any of this other stuff. <laughs> I don't even care what, what's going on. I just want to, I want to be able to, to experience this thing. And so that's, you know, from that point, I feel like my, uh, and I guess just overall t- excitement tends to like 
plateau a little bit where it's just like you, you can't get much more excited about it. It's it's reached the breaking point and, you know, it just needs to happen. So, you know, I mean, I I, uh, I like shorter turnarounds, but I also appreciate, like you said, the uh, the fact that somebody's like, hey, we will delay our game as much as it takes in order to, to get it out and get it in the right shape for uh, for players. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week this week, Chris, um, is a movie, and it is a movie that is actually out today, the day that we uh, we are releasing this. It is uh, The Finest Hours, um, which is a, a, a tr- based on a true story, um, and it has Chris Pine and uh, Casey Affleck and uh, Holiday Granger. I mean, the, the, the cast was awesome. I was... I kind of literally went into this thing not knowing much about it to a pre-screening of it. Um, I guess it was... Tuesday this week and um, went to the movie man and I, I didn't expect almost I was just like I, I just don't know what to expect I don't know if it's if it's gonna be uh, you know a Titanic kind of thing I didn't didn't do any research on like the true story or that it was based on beforehand or anything and man I I, uh, I really enjoyed the movie it was a really solid movie dude nice it uh it it, it scratched that itch of like um disaster movie but also had some really emotional moments and uh i will say the the actors did an incredible job like i mean everyone that was in this thing did a really good job um chris pine specifically i'll i'll throw this out there i've never seen a movie where chris pine has been like a kind of a meek person like a a a smaller uh personality like i'm used to seeing him as like captain kirk you know on uh on star trek and and taking charge and whereas this movie he was very um very unassuming and he was he would uh his body language and everything was was very closed off was very like "Ah, i don't want to i don't want to make a decision and and that's part of the character arc that he kind of goes on in the movie and it it was done incredibly well i would have never pegged uh him as as the type of actor that would be able to basically pull that off and to do that but man it was just incredible It, it it was great um that's cool the the only things that i would say about the movie like people who enjoy um kind of the, the Titanic, the disaster kind of movies or, or, um, true life stories, that type of thing, uh, or even period pieces will probably enjoy this movie. Uh, it, it had tones of like that, um, uh, oh, the, the, like Pearl Harbor, those types of, uh, that type of imagery and things like that uh-huh. as well. It's a very pretty movie in some ways, like the, uh, the 3D as well was pretty good. Um, I will say, I mean, man, 3D, the, the thing about like pre-screening movies is they show them all the time in 3D and it's like, man, it's not, part of me almost wishes I wouldn't on this one. But I will say there were some cool moments with like weather because whenever it's raining or whenever it's snowing, you can you feel like you're truly looking through the, uh, the weather at what's going on. You really feel like there's a... Uh, the weather is there, you know, the snow is, is coming down or the, the, the water splashing over things. Um, yeah, that, that seems super weird because this doesn't strike me as like a 3d like movie. You know what I mean? This is yeah. like a big, a big blockbuster or something like that. You it, know, it definitely doesn't have the, uh, the vibe of like a spectacle, you know, which is what I typically yeah. associate 3d movies with is like, Oh, this is going to be a spectacle of a movie. Right. Right. So, I mean, it definitely doesn't have like that to it, but I will say there are, uh, there, are, there were moments where I was, I was genuinely shocked. Um, and then there were other moments where I was, I was like, I knew something was going to happen. Um, but I did you know, the, the way that it happened, um, 
is quite different than I would have expected. So that was that there were some really cool, nice moments like that. Um, the, the one thing I would say is it starts off very kind of the pacing is a little odd um, to start off with, and it kind of takes a minute to get in and out of the action uh, a lot of times and, and to, to really go there. Then there is one thing. One little thing at the ending, um, where they almost like plot wise, the they is this, is this spoilers, it's not spoilers, um, but it does it. The ending is a little bit off kilter to me at one point because it feels like yeah. they, they take a step forward and then they take a step back and then they go right back to where they you know were. Um, and so it's, it's a very small thing, it's a very nitpicky thing. It, it like I said, not a spoiler at all, but uh, but it was a little bit off kilter and I was like, ah, I'm not so sure. Um, if I were to give this a score, I would give it a good solid seven. Uh, nodding up to a 7.5, but a 7. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Last week, John, we talked about the season... No, sorry. Seri- series premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. It's true. It was pilot part one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first part... The first part of a pilot episode, which was really weird. Yeah. Um, and so we said we would come back and we would um, maybe do a an addendum to our review last week real quick yeah. after we watched part two this week. Um, so I wanted to take some time and do that real fast. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. You know, like... Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen... And, like, especially if you haven't seen part one, even, you know? Yeah, just jump forward, like, five minutes or something like that. This won't take long. No. Um, but, yeah... I liked this one a lot better. Heck I like, yeah. you know, you know, in terms of an episode, it felt better. I, I still don't, I don't, I don't understand that that first episode, man. Like that's just one of the roughest pilots I've ever seen in my life. It was, it was um, basically unnecessary. Like I feel like if you just, I mean, other than just getting everybody into this onto the team, like on the ship, it really didn't do almost anything. Right. I mean, I would agree with that to to an extent. You know, like it it didn't do anything special. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like you, de- you definitely did not need um, to sp- to spend so much time. It was a weird. It was like you needed yep. time to set up the set up the. This is what it felt like. Okay, if this had been a two hour episode, there was a lot of non necessary stuff in that first first half. Very true. Because when they tried to make this kind of like climactic arc, where it's like this all just needs to be set up, and then we have this episode be our climax, and. Uh, t- so even paired together, I think they feel weird. I don't think they necessarily feel like they they mesh together in yeah. any um, cohesive way. And so, other than the fact that they're still in the 1970s, so it's just like, right? Yeah, I don't know. So as far as the show goes, the show I'm like way more impressed with it now. I'm way more yeah. into it, and this is why we talked last week about how much they focused on like Hawkman and Hawk Girl, um, and uh, that's cool. Uh, but the most compelling characters are the ones we have attachments to from Arrow and Flash. Right. And and that's, like, who I think carried the weight this week. We're talking about, like, Adam and uh, and uh, Captain Cold. Like, yeah. their whole thing. Like, well, dude, even whenever- Heat Wave. Like, Heat Wave was hilarious. Heat Wave. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you see, well, I, mean, I was just going to say, their whole, like, you know, them breaking into... Uh, to Vandal's house and stuff like that. Like, that's super, super cool. <laughs> really fun. You know, and... and but I, and I love their dynamic together, and those are the characters I really care about, really want to see. Right. Well, even like whenever you, whenever you think about, um, oh, the Doctor, I can't remember his his name, but the, the Doctor, and whenever they they encounter his past self, basically, like holy yeah. cow, that was hilarious. Like, and all of that whole, uh, that whole, se- like sequence of events that led up to, and then after that, um, 
were just awesome and it, and it was really well done character development my main thing about like this as a pilot like as a part one and a part two so you think about the way that the marvel universe has set up their movies it's very similar where like on these other properties they would set up these characters or in their own individual movies they kind of set up these characters we had a lot of that set up uh, with with most of these characters on flash and arrow and then whenever they matched them together for the avengers it felt very uh unique it felt like hey you know we we have the setup but if you only went in to watch avengers there was still just enough of like the setup to where you're like, ah, oh, I care. I, I understand what's going on here, you know? Right. And so right. my thing is in the one movie, Avengers, which is like two hours long, just it's from start to finish, whatever, they found a way to make it work to where they didn't, you know, wherever with the team set up and all this stuff, they made it happen fast, they made it happen uh, cohesively. And then you look at this and it's like the whole first hour was basically trying to set up this this show and it 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 fell flat it felt like it was too long and it, I don't know so it's just it, the first episode uh pilot part 1 just not a good pilot not a good episode of television at all you know it, it, yeah. but this one you enter this one and it almost feels like it's a its own completely different thing where you have a different plot device different setup right from the beginning we have all the characters are doing something and something that matters and uh problems happen and then we have you know the the team splits off into these different teams of uh of like 3 and they go out and have a their own adventures and then they end up uniting at the end and it feels great so this is an episode of like a team show was just awesome but oh yeah for sure i just like you like you said it's like you don't understand like i don't know i don't know where that whole first hour part one of this thing would fit so like if i look at this as its own separate entity this was a really good hour of television that i enjoyed um pilot part one not so much right right uh, one question I have that is spoilers if you're still listening for some reason. All right. So skip forward. We're still in that hour or in that five minute mark, Chris. We're good. Yes. Okay. Is Hawkman just dead now? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if Hawkman is dead. I also wonder where does this leave their mission? Because now Vandal knows they're coming for him. So I don't know. I, I don't I know. Mean, I'm- I'm kind of okay with it just because I wasn't invested in his character and honestly I told really you, didn't like his my, character. Yeah, he was my least favorite character. Last week on the show, I was kind of hard on Hawkman. Yeah, and uh, so I was kind of like, eh. That being said, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, that's kind of sucky. You know, Hawkman's yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> I this, also wonder if maybe because he's an immortal person, he just basically uh, – he, he – um, gets reincarnated, you know? And so it makes me wonder if maybe we go pick him up at a different time and maybe um, Hawk Girl is the one who's having to inform, like it's basically like a a role role reversal where she knows more than he does and she has to convince him and teach him about his powers and that whole thing. So um, I'm wondering if maybe that's going to happen and I I would be fine with that. Um, But again, I'm not super upset if he just kind of sits out for at least an episode or two, you know? True. Agreed. Well, it seemed like it gave the team something to rally around, and I liked that idea, you know? Like, yeah. oh, man, we got to do this for Hawkman. Yep. You know, and even, like, uh, yeah, Heat Wave said it, or no, it was it Captain Cold or Heat Wave? Captain Cold. Heat Wave. It was Captain Cold? Well, he said, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know him from Adam, but you don't kill one of my crew and get away with it. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. <laughs> Which is so Captain Cold, dude. He is, uh, he is <laughs> such a sly character, man. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. 
Yeah, dude. So if you were to give this uh, a, a rating, um, and I guess, do you consider it part of pilot? Like, I mean, it's all pilot. It's pilot part one and part two. I mean, I mean, if oh gosh, if I was gonna, you know, you mean rate them both together? Yeah. Well, we talked about last week. We were like, maybe we'll adjust the score okay, because it feels well, like we've only watched half of one. Yeah. So I mean, if I adjust the score and include both of them and think of them as 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 a. Uh, as one thing, it's still super, super weird. Yep. But I, uh, I'd have to bring it up to probably about a seven. Right. That's kind of where I'm at with it, dude. It uh, definitely sits right there in that like. But uh, that's better than the the what I gave it a four last week. Oh yeah, you dude. know. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it brings it up from like I don't, you know, I, I I would rather not have watched that to like ah, I'm glad I watched this, you know, because this yeah. hour was so good, but the first hour was not good, so. Right. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our main segment, we can put a swoosh there. Swoosh. Swoosh. Moving on to our Meg segment. Me- Meg segment. I can't talk right now. My, ma- my face is just full of just stuff. How about you talk, John? <laughs> okay, I'll talk. Moving on to our main segment, we're talking about Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this this trailer came out um, a couple weeks ago. We had just finished up. Uh, doing the the post or thirty days later Star Wars thirty days later podcast, which you should got check home. out. You should check that out. SteamTargetPodcast.com. I just got home. I was browsing the internet for I, th- I think uh, just an image for um, for that episode, and somehow that just popped up on one of the the news feeds that I follow, and it was like new Cloverfield movie, and I was like, what? Yeah. And uh, and so story is basically. This is a, a, a movie that was going underneath a different name, work, like a couple different working titles for a long, long time. And J.J. Abrams even said um, that they tried to, uh, they wanted to hold back the title for as long as possible because yeah. they didn't want people to know that, hey, this is a Cloverfield movie, which is really, really cool. I love just like the, <laughs> you know, Clo- you didn't really know what Cloverfield was before you went to go see it. <laughs> right. And it's like, even now that we've seen Cloverfield, it's like, no, there's just super secrecy around this thing. It's just yeah. like, this is amazing. And, uh, and so... If you haven't seen the trailer, you can stop the podcast and go watch it, or I'll just describe it for you, okay? All right, so it starts out, it's, um, uh, we're, we're in, like, this bunker, and there's three people, uh, John Goodman and and uh, a couple of uh, other actresses, and they, it looks like either he's keeping them captive down there, or, like, he's, like, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. they're all just down in this bunker. Definitely and, there's uh, some tension, yeah, there's some tension. Looks like, well, the, like you know they want to escape. Like well, the, the 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 guy, uh, the other guy, not John Goodwin, but the the younger guy who's there. He's his arms like in a sling at first. So you're like, man, well, how does his arm get in a sling? Like, what, what do you do to yourself <laughs> whenever you're in a bunker? You know, <laughs> right? Um, right. And later on, like John Goodman has like scratches all over his head, and like uh, at one point, I think uh, the uh, the the actress who is there, like she has like a brace on her leg. I mean, like, it's like, how the heck are these people getting? hurt in this bunker <laughs> i mean that's true uh, yeah so we don't know what's going on there but we, like they're sitting there eating and we see like this kind of earthquake kind of aftershock kind of thing happen and then it switches you know tones entirely and it's just like oh you know they're trying to escape john turns into this horror movie almost and then she like this girl goes out this door and like looks out this window and john goodman's character screams uh they'll 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 get you or something like that yeah and uh, don't and do like, it they'll get you don't don't do it. They'll get you. And then he says they're coming. And, you're, and then it just cuts to black. You're like, what in the world is this? Yeah. 
I mean, actually, the first time I watched this trailer, uh, this is how crazy like this was. People uh, went to go see like they were pre-screeners of um, Sixteen Hours, the Benghazi film, Michael gotcha. Bay's Benghazi film. Wasn't it Thirteen and, Hours, Chris? Or Thirteen Hours? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Thirteen Hours. And this is and this was playing before it, and so like they taped it with their phone, and that was like the first way I saw. This. That's awesome. I hadn't awesome. even gone online yet. <laughs> That's awesome. It didn't go online till the next day. That's so Cloverfield, Chris. That is super I know. Cloverfield. I know. The uh, so uh, this is what excites me, John. Yeah, I love Cloverfield. Yeah, I love the thought of Cloverfield. The continuation of the story in any way excites me. Yeah, just, so I love the, the the mystery around it. I love just the idea of it. You yeah. know, like it's it's like a Godzilla story, but in like. New York, but it's different, you know, like, you know, it's not hokey, it's, like, really realistic, like, they ended up, like, at the end of Cloverfield, spoilers for Cloverfield, but they end up just bombing the crap out of New York City, just saying, hey, it's a loss, we're just gonna bomb it and get rid of it, um, and the way that they tell that story is through this very personal perspective, this is not the same kind of thing, this is not a found footage kind of thing, right, but I'm still Which super I personally excited am excited it. about. So Cloverfield, yeah. I love Cloverfield. I love the the idea behind it. I love like Godzilla stories. I love the idea of like a Godzilla story from just the the average you know citizen of New York, New York, you know, and where it's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? We have to get out of the city. How do we get out of the city? Oh my gosh, we're barricaded and there's so many people. Oh, let's take to the subway tunnels and there's crazy stuff there. And and you know, it's like I love this whole idea and I love love the. Uh, the very visceral way in which they uh, they implement it in that movie. Um, the one thing I will say is, like, there were numerous people that, and I was one of them, um, that whenever they went to see it, it, it caused like motion sickness and like headaches and stuff just because of the uh, the found footageness of it, and that it's like the entire movie is very um, handheld camera kind of shaky, but. Dude, it's still like it, after after watching the movie, even despite the nausea and the headache, it was like I just thought about that movie for like days. Where you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, what is this? What what, <laughs> I know, what like, just what did I just watch? It does leave you with like this very like ominous kind of thing, and it's a really great. I think you know this despite, and I I know how like it makes people motion sickness and stuff like that. You know, like the same way that 3D does, but right um, the storytelling. You know, like there's no music in this thing, man. Right. And but like, dude, and the, so the sounds are horrifying. The sounds, and they have to carry, um, they have to carry the emotional weight of the movie, um, just based on their acting. No, you can't like get amped up or excited. You know, like there's sound effects, lots of sound design. Like honestly, like great sound design in this thing. But um, it's just it's it's phenomenal. So rather than talking about like how great Cloverfield is, though, yeah. Let's let's think about what this could be. Oh my gosh, Chris! All right, so so here's some some things that uh, we know about it. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Paramount and J.J. Abrams released a statement after the trailer came out. Abrams said the idea came. Or this is a quote: "The idea came up a long time ago during production. We wanted to make it a blood relative of Cloverfield. The idea was developed over time. We wanted to hold back the title for as long as possible." <laughs> uh, so it just kind of depends on like, okay, well, what does what does the fact that it's a blood relative mean? Like, yeah, does that mean? Uh, so it's not a sequel. At least that's, right. not, that's what he's you know either that's he's trying to get us to not believe it's a sequel. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, well, what makes it a sequel? Does it continue the original story, or is it just set in the same world? Who yeah, knows? Yeah, I mean, if you think about like if I think about a sequel, 
I mean, a continuation of the same kind of story or the same plot line. But then you think about like Alien, and then you think about the sequel to Alien, Aliens. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're 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 different movies. I mean, I, I mean, while they're based in the same universe and like the same general, like you're dealing with the same kind of stuff. Um, they're, the implementation is very different, and it, and it feels like they feel like very different movies. Um, and I can't guess that as you as you get farther and farther separated from that original Alien movie, you get you know you get this uh, just almost something different altogether. So I don't know. I mean, is a sequel something that's tonally similar, <laughs> or is dealing with the same um, villain? Maybe I don't know. Like you, you just wonder. Well, the uh, well, I mean, you know, I, like I'm thinking, like it's not, it's not found footage film, it's not handheld. So, like right. that style is gone. You would think a sequel would be that kind of a style. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't even seem like it's focusing on like a, a monster attack, you know, like so it's focusing on something completely different. Maybe that just the fact that it's in this world um, is uh, is enough. Yeah. Uh, the the primary um, actress is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and uh, she talked to. Eric Goldman from IGN, this is a quote that she had uh, about making the film. It used to be called, uh, looks like it used to be called Valencia and the Cellar. Um, uh, Those were working titles at points. She said, it quote, it was really fun. It was really cool. Me and John Goodman stuck in a bunker together for two months. It was awesome. It was a really intense and really fun shoot. He was such an incredible actor to get to act opposite, and he's so perfect for the part because throughout the whole movie, you're wondering if he's telling the truth. Is he trustworthy? Is he a nice guy? Is he not a nice guy? And it really goes on a roller coaster of thinking he's definitely a horrible guy, and then no, he's just misunderstood. You're really just on the ride with my character in terms of who she can trust in this scenario, and if she's safer with him or safer escaping, battling whatever war is happening or not happening outside. So it's a pretty interesting one. Uh... She goes on to say, it makes it a really low-key vibe when it's just a couple of actors. You feel like you're almost just going and doing theater every day. It really did feel like theater because it all takes place in one space, and it was just us battling one another with words and things. It's fun. There's not a lot of movies that like that right now, so it was great to do. So this sounds like a super unique thing, but it also sounds like it could fit into the world of, of Cloverfield. Yeah. I mean, and that what would, if I would be so excited about that, man? I would be very excited that you know, if uh, and even to the point of whenever he's yelling and saying they're gonna get you, it's like you wonder if he's talking about maybe the uh, the small little things that that we encountered in the subway in the in the first one. You know, is it is he talking about the uh, the parasites as they are as they are called? So I don't know. And and, and if you just have a, a a different story, like a different story presented in a different way in the same world, like in the aftermath or, or whatever. Yeah. I would love that. That'd be amazing. So, you know, yeah. Or you could be like, okay, this is a bunker in New York or this is a bunker somewhere else in the world. But what if that happened somewhere else in the world as well as in New York? Um, you know, would this happen before or during or after the, the first movie? Like who knows? Like that's kind of cool. The other option for this is, all right, now go with me here. Okay. J.J. Abrams has talked before about how he he loves the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And where the Twilight Zone is like, you know, you think of the Twilight Zone and it's different stories and they're not necessarily related to each other, but they have the same kind of vibe and feeling. Maybe yeah. that's what 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 uh, the title indicates. And is that, that would make sense. This, this isn't a sequel. It's not set in the same world or anything, but this is like another like crazy scenario that you're seeing through the eyes of 
two different people, you yeah. know? And um, I guess, and that would make sense with like the tagline that, uh, that like the posters and things like that. It's monsters come in many, you know, different forms or different sizes or different shapes and sizes, whatever it is. But it's like basically saying monsters can be lots of different things. And it, I guess yeah. the implication being that, um, the people can be monsters too. Um, or that there, you know, that there may be monsters on the outside, but there's my monster. I don't know. It's like you, you, uh, can read into that, that phrasing or that idea in a lot of different ways through this trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that would make sense. Like if it was just totally similar, if it was, um, not necessarily in the same universe, but like you said, like twilight zone, they jump all around, but it, they deal with a lot of the same things, a lot of the same yeah. themes, and a lot of the same um, feelings that you get as you watch them. Love the Twilight right. Zone, I'm lo- dude. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the poster, and it, yeah, it says monster, monsters come in many forms. The interesting thing is, like it, it kind of the way that the the poster works, it kind of goes up to this farmhouse almost. So it like almost indicates that this is not New York, possibly yeah. that they're underground underneath like a farmhouse somewhere. Who knows if that's even correct? But the other cool thing is that the sky. Is basically the same color as the sky in the Cloverfield posters. That's incredible. It looks the, the clouds look like the same color, like the same kind of clouds and stuff. That kind like of that. green, kind of uh, uh, tinted look. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So, dude. so I don't know. Like, I mean, the, the other cool thing is like they kept these things under wraps. Yeah. For a long for a long time, and uh, and it's coming out soon. Yeah. It comes. It comes out. Uh, let's see here. It comes out March eleventh. So, so I, I guess, can we add this one to one of the, the movies that we'll be reviewing this year, Chris? Yes, let's do it, John. I would love it. That sounds amazing. Um, so something else I wanted to bring up about the, uh, that I liked about the original, uh, Cloverfield and, and something that I, you know, it, the implementation is a little bit different this time, but like you said, the big surprise thing, I liked the fact that the, the marketing for the first one was very, um, like th- that footage wasn't really in the movie. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was, um, in the trailers and in a lot of the marketing for Cloverfield that didn't end up in the final movie. Like I, I expected to go to this movie thinking, oh, we're going to have, it's going to be the kind of the traditional Godzilla thing where we're looking, we're talking to like the government people and there's, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, like a disaster movie, the traditional kind of style, but right. You know the uh, the marketing had had uh, footage from like news uh, copters and stuff, and where it's like it kept it very very um, distant, and you were just looking at different footage from news and and from uh, from different places. And so then whenever the movie came out, and whenever we we you see it, and it's like it's a found footage thing. It makes perfect sense, fits thematically in there, but nothing yeah. was given away. So it's like it's interesting that this one just kind of pops up, and uh, and I I just wonder you know, what this movie is going to be like, how is it going to, uh, going to fit in what has, has been proposed in the, uh, I mean, there could be something completely different going on than what we think is going on. You know, I, I wonder if there's anything in these, this trailer that probably wouldn't be in the final film or something. I mean, it's, there's a lot of those That's questions true. that I have because of the implementation of the marketing of the regular, regular Cloverfield, original Cloverfield, and then how the movie actually was. Yeah, for sure. The other uh, one of the other crazy things, um, not crazy, it's just interesting about the movie. Um, the screenplay is uh, is it co-written or written by uh, the same guy who wrote um, Whiplash last I think it's year? Co-written. Which is I think there's three different writers. Which is a phenomenal movie. Which is pretty really cool. Um, and I'm excited about that. I recently watched Room, which is you know kind of deals with it. Like a lot of that movie is in the same same space, and so like it'll be cool to to see that happen again in a different kind of uh, context. That's a r- really intense movie um, if you watch it. But 
it'll be really cool just to kind of see how that how that goes down and mm-hmm. it almost sounds like it's a almost like sounds like it's being described as a like a psychological thriller you know yeah. what i mean and i think about like think about though like uh inglorious bastards and the the scene in the the basement of that bar yeah um like there are some great i mean like you can have some great scenes in just one space right and uh, i'm really looking forward to to seeing how this turns out yeah, I mean, and and you know, with with one space, you really get to know where everything is, and so it can make things feel very claustrophobic and very intense whenever it's in a uh, something is set in a a smaller enclosed kind of space. Um, I think about like movies th- that have been very uh, frightening. It's you can almost picture like how the house is laid out in your mind of, of certain movies or how like the yeah. the room is and and no, just knowing that it increases the level of like there is no escape or it's like there you know there's no place to hide here or whatever yeah. um, just because it's a very compact area. Well, the, you know, you, you said no escape. Like this is uh, also directed by um, uh, Dan Trachtenberg. He he directed. Um, a short called Portal No Escape based on the uh, the video game Portal uh, mm. not too long ago. And I guess it was back in 2011, actually. And that's really, like, he's done that and a couple other shorts, you know? So it's like... Uh, it's it, he's he's done had had some experience with this kind of stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and it's also cool to like see like okay, this is his first like big foray into directing, right? Um, a major motion picture, so. Yeah, I mean, on all and, these and I levels, think, I think that like Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams and, and that company, they they really love to do that type of thing, where they love to uh, to take creative, very creative people and enable them to uh, to be even more creative, and uh, and you know, the vast majority of stuff that that Bad Robot puts out, I I enjoy. Well, cool. Well, that's all I have to say about this. Yeah. Um, looks like next week, uh, I think we'll be re- at least will we be reviewing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. We've got, um, we've got pre-screener tickets for it. We do have pre-screening tickets for it, so we'll, we'll have to... I, I think probably that's what we'll be doing, man. I, I can't imagine, you know... I don't know. We'll at least be touching on it. Yes. It'll right. at least be a good pick of the week. Well, that's it for this week. You can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at chrisright 250 And johnright 777 And uh, always check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play... Uh, I'm trying to remember all the other places. Any place you get us with your uh, with your other podcasts, please subscribe to us. Leave us a review. Yeah, we like that very very much. We do. That's we do. It. I'll high five anyone who gives us uh, gives us reviews, man. There you go. I'll hunt Personally. you down, and and at some point I will high five you. That sounds good. You won't know good. when. You won't know where. But I'll high five you. That sounds awesome. It kind of sounds That's ominous. It. Like in the middle of the night, they're just laying in bed. Just high five them. Yeah, that sounds creepy, John. That sounds really I don't, creepy. I don't, I don't think I can donate this anymore. I don't think I should do that. Nope. But high fives I'll, <laughs> in public, in public areas. Whenever I see you, I'll give you high fives if you uh, if you give us ratings. I mean, when you put it like that, it still sounds weird. John. It does sound really weird. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna withdraw. I'm just gonna just. Yep. Just, nope. Nope. Yep. No more. No more. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target. That was a terrible transition. I couldn't really think of a good good transition. Uh, that's okay. Uh, do you want to think of a good transition? No, I don't. I don't, I don't okay. care. Did you? Do, do, do you want me to? No, I'm good with it, Chris. Okay, I'm good with it. All right.